we got this. We are smart girlies. Who said that? I did. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Lesbians. I'm Armani. I'm Mac. Grab your nearest queer and your nearest oat milk ice latte and get comfy and listen to us talk about everything and anything. So basically, me and Makana have been friends for Jesus Christ, like six years now. It's more than that. I can't do math. Four years of high school, four years of college. We've been friends for almost nine And we've been out of college for two years. That's 10 years. Have we really been friends since 10 years? When did we enter high school? We went into high school and we graduated in 2016. We started in 2011. So we've known each other since pretty much 2011. It's 2020 years. Holy shit. Oh my God. Yeah. So um, I'll let Makana introduce herself first and then I'll introduce myself so you guys can get a little snippet of who we are. Awesome. Yes. As I'm already said, my name is Makana. I also go by Mac. My pronouns are she, they, um, and I am very confused about my gender. So we're just, we can get into that later. Um, still on that journey. Um, I am a lesbian, had a very interesting journey. And that is some of the things that we are going to be talking about throughout our podcast. And I have a girlfriend as of yesterday. So small update for everyone. Ooh, me and Makana already talked about it. So, I mean, obviously I already know the gist of it, but yes. So Makana um, is dating and I am a hot mess, but okay. So my name is Armani. Um, I go by she, her, I identify as a lesbian. Um, I, what else is there to me? Literally nothing. That's it. Bye y'all. You were a whole about to be a whole ass doctor. Oh, Our yeah. mom is too humble. She's going to be a doctor. She is a amazing mother to a little demon cat <laughs> Oreo. Child. I was like, an amazing mother. Time. We both have children. So the children of the podcast are Oreo and she is a cute little black and white cat. Yeah. And then I have Molly and she is testing me every day of my life. Uh, she is a little lab head mix. Oh, well, actually, um, Oreo tests me every single day. This is like a quick little tangent. Yesterday, I was organizing my mail and Oreo has like a $300 cat tower with like scratching posts on it and stuff. And she finally started to use the scratching post. And I was like, okay, cool. She's going to stop scratching up my furniture and my couch. So I'm in here organizing my mail. And then I hear something, the pop, 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 pop of nails coming out of the couch. I immediately turn, I walk into my living room and I see her. She sees me. She rests her paws down onto the ground as she makes eye contact with me because she knows that she's about to be in trouble. I reach and I grab our gigantic squirt bottle of water and she looks at me like, no, yes, this is what has to be done. So I get her one time as she races across the living room and jumps into my bedroom. I get her again. She jumps over the bed. I chase her onto the other side of the bed. I get her one more good time. And then we'd be for 30 minutes after that. But don't scratch up my couch. The, the moral of the story is why are you scratching on my couch? Anyway, sorry. Molly be peeing on my bed. So <laughs> both of them are about to be in the streets. Yeah. We I got them from the streets and they're going to go back to the streets. <laughs> Have you ever heard that, that like take, hot take um, of not, of owning animals is unethical? 
Yes. I mean, I do think about how weird it is that just the concept of pets. Um, like I was talking with this about my, with my girlfriend, she has a bunny, cutest bunny ever. Literally. I didn't know something could be that soft and that she has such a personality. It's adorable, but like pets are so weird. You just get an animal and you bring them into your home and then you just take care of them like a little Tadagotchmi, whatever that little video game was. Yes. Hi, it's Armani from the future editing this podcast. And Makana was definitely meaning to say Tamagotchi in case anyone was wondering. I know what you're talking about, but then also it's like cats are an invasive species. So it's better to keep them indoors than outdoors. And then that also dogs. Also dogs, like what are you supposed to do? Let your fucking dog go? Like let it, bye Molly. Right. See you never, bitch. <laughs> like what do you, like dogs can't fit. Like do dogs live in the, I mean, I guess there are wild dogs, but like Molly's always been a pet. So it's like. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where we've reached a point that they've been so domesticated that they do need, they have to rely on humans. Like the same way with like sheep, like sheep have to be sheared because after so many years, like of breeding and shearing them, like they don't know how to like shed anymore. So that like they'll die if they don't get shedded by him, sheared by humans. Yeah. But I mean, I understand some animals, like people that own like bobcats or like, have you ever seen that? Like people. Yeah. Wild animals like that. No. And those are not meant to be domesticated. Yeah. I mean, some people also have monkeys and they're like really cute, but like also no human should have like a monkey inside their house. Like this is not making sense. Like why you are, why you own a monkey. Like maybe if you were like trying to rehabilitate the monkey, but then also I think the best place for it would be the zoo. Right. I also have issues with zoos. Yeah. I mean, I think that zoos that take in animals that were like injured and stuff like that that's okay because they'll never be able to go out into the wild anyway so just die if they got released into the wild like sanctuaries are one thing but I don't know it's like another capitalism thing like profiting off of like caged animals that most of them especially SeaWorld fuck SeaWorld oh no SeaWorld is a whole different that's yeah. a different thing. All and, of that, those kind of organizations can get these hands every day of the week. Yeah. SeaWorld, we all know about Tilikum. If you've ever watched Blackfish and if you haven't watched Blackfish, you need to go watch it. Um, but, we will be starting a like watch list slash reading list for all of the media that we consume because we cannot go two seconds without something grazing our eyeballs. That and I cannot go two seconds without being a mouthpiece for everything that I consume. I am a walking promotion for everything that I consume. Um, I'm incapable of shutting up. So I just have to fill the void and any thought that passes my mind has to come out of my mouth. Oh, wait, I, we didn't say what our star signs and stuff. So I'm sad. Oh born December 15th. Um, I'm a Leo rising and a cancer moon. I am also a Sag born December 11th. Um, and I am a Taurus moon and a Libra rising. Yeah, that's, we'll get into like Zodiac signs and stuff like that at a different time. But I think for this first episode, we were just going to kind of talk about like our coming out 
stories and stuff since like being a lesbian is a big part of this podcast or just being queer like in general so um I will let Makana go first in telling our coming out stories even though they were like literally on the same timeline which is right like I think that's like one of the biggest reasons we wanted to start this podcast in the first place is we kind of like helped each other through our journeys like we kind of we had like almost the same timeline we almost came out around the same time and we both came out as bi and we both kind of did all the things to like self-discovery now we are both lesbians and so we want to talk about our journeys with that um just you know over the course of episodes um but Basically, I was a absolutely self-hating straight woman for 20 years of my life. Like my therapist said that the periods that I was dating and sleeping with men, mostly sleeping with because um, all of those were forms of self-harm. So that one was very fun. And we will get into, you know, therapy and all of the brain things in our little rat brains um so and I did have boyfriends but I never had actual emotional connections with any man ever and I have always just wanted to have like male friendships but I don't want them to see me as a woman I just want to see like see me without a gender like just see me as like a bro like can we just be friends like without wanting you like you wanting to fuck me like and then also societal pressure the lesbian master doc did a number on my brain um and I think it comes from like a lot with like my parents um and just society as a whole the town I grew up in being in a sorority that a hundred percent kept me in the closet for a while being in a sorority is trauma it is trauma. I was telling my girlfriend about it and she was like, that is the most terrifying thing I've ever heard. So, um, yeah. So all of those things I think just encompass and like keeping me in the closet because I, I knew, but I didn't know. Cause like, I would say things like, or like to myself, like, yeah, everyone, um, is attracted to women. Like, cause just everyone's attracted to women because women are beautiful. Everyone looks at women's boobs and butts because it's just like a society thing. Like that, that was my train of thought <laughs> the whole time. And I, I remember when I first came out to my friends as bi, they were like, no shit. Like every time you get drunk, you talk about how much you love lesbian porn. And I was like, well, because everyone watches lesbian porn and all of my friends are like, not, no, no no we do not like Which all my straight friends crazy concept to me that people watch straight porn like that's insane to me that it's a woman would watch straight porn and of course like we'll talk about the porn industry at a different time but just thinking about like how awful like just mainstream straight porn is yes. for women and how it like and how women are perceived in straight porn but sorry Yeah, I will go on a tangent, this small tangent, just about like how porn like definitely influenced my sexuality. Cause I remember like when I was like, probably like the lowest point of like the self-hatred trying to act like a little frat boy. And I had a boyfriend or, you know, whoever I was dating, I was obnoxiously loud in bed because 
I mean, I was faking every single time I slept with a man. Um, but I was like obnoxiously loud, which pissed all my friends off, but it just was like something I think from like an influence of porn and just like growing up watching, like trying to watch straight porn and you just knowing about it, like movies, media, all of that, like thinking that like, Oh my God, you have to make the man think that he's doing like the best fucking job in the world. And it's like now that one I've grown up to the point where when I have sex, I'm not going to fake it. Cause that just, is a disservice to everyone involved Two, I'm not super loud like I make noise when it's applicable (laughs) but I'm not like just putting all this like fake effort um so yes and that is one tangent on the foreign industry so we can get into how that influences people and how like you think sex is supposed to be but yeah, so it took me a long time to come out, but I did. And, you know, through lots of therapy, I've, you know, figured out my sexuality. Definitely a lot of trial and error. Um, a lot of dating women that were still in the same toxic cycles of like the men I was dating, if that makes sense. Probably not. But, um, and now I feel like I have fully accepted for myself and just like truly know my identity as a lesbian. And I am in a very happy polyamorous (laughs) relationship. (laughs) Armani, tell your story now. Kings and Queens. (laughs) (laughs) When I was in seventh grade, I had a little girlfriend. She was a little like raw XD, like scene girl. And she still is to this day which is kind of funny, but anyways, um, yeah, I don't remember how we ended up, like, I don't know, we were always flirting and stuff like that, and I knew she was bisexual, and I was really interested in that. We ended up dating for probably, like, I don't know, two months of, and this was, like, seventh grade, so two months is a long time, and, um, but I was so terrified of people finding out. Obviously, you're in seventh grade. It's not the same, um, like, society that we kind of live in now, where it's a little bit more accepted, but, um, I don't even remember what year I was in seventh grade, probably like 2009 or something. But, oh, by the way, guys, I am 24. McConaughey's also 24. Obviously, her her birthday is only four days before mine. Um, But after that, because we ended up breaking up because um, I wouldn't come out. And I was like, girl, it's crazy that you're out. So then um, I started my whore journey. I was the whore of... Smithfield, even though nobody knew I was a whore because I was only having sex with men that did not go to our school, which was like, yeah, but you were also booed up for a little bit as well. You you did everything in secret. It was amazing. Move in silence, y'all. But also never let them know your next move. (laughs) Never. As a tip, if you are going to a high school, only fuck people that do not go to your high school because then absolutely nobody knows that you are a raging whore because I was just literally having sex with pretty much any man that showed me interest. And this is also the time that I was like going out and partying and stuff like that. So I was like drunk pretty much every single time. And I will say, thankfully, nothing like bad happened to me, but obviously looking back on it, it's like men that were over the age of 18 were having sex with me while I was drunk. So inherently that's wrong. 
But at the time, like, I don't feel like I don't have any negative feelings about it. Like nothing bad happened to me, which is like insane because me and Taylor were at the craziest. We were in the craziest situations and I'm just happy we made it out alive. So then I ended up in a relationship in high school for two years. It was toxic. It was awful. Everything you read about after we broke up. I um, then started doing the thing where you like men who don't like you back. Oh, I loved a man who hated me. If he hated me, I was like, "Mm -mm -mm." and any man that showed me interest, I was like, ew, what the fuck? And then also if I liked them and then they started liking me, I was like, oh, whoa, 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 slow down there. It was a game. We were playing a game. Yes. And my game was never ending. It was so frustrating for the next four years of like liking men they would like me i'd be like no or you know it's just a bunch of self-hate but i still was sleeping with men just not as bad as i was in high school i will say but the same kind of for makana it was definitely a self-hate thing yeah um, i was going i mean i did just try to bag like the hottest most like successful because then i could at least yes. say like I'm fucking people that are successful, like, or old. Like, I slept with a few older guys, which now that I think about it, disgusting. And they were incredibly weird. Yeah. But for some reason, like, tallest guy, most muscular guy, like, richest guy, like, just to, like, have a status. Yes. That was also another... That was another issue. Like I like Game of Thrones, baby. Work your way up. (laughs) Exactly. Then I ended up in a relationship in 2019. Um, was it 2019? Yes. I I ended up dating a guy for about a year, and that was a really like healthy relationship and everything. We just were two different people, so we ended up breaking up like right before the pandemic. And then I had an awful sneaky link, like literally the worst, like the worst man that you could ever think of. That is him. He had a child. He had a crazy uh, baby mama. And it was just like, uh, he was just awful straight man. He was not white though, but he was a straight man. And um, one day, in the pandemic, like a lot of people, I think me and Makana were talking about like what would happen if we switched our tenders over. I'm sure we could find the messages, but um, we were like, what if we switch it to girls? So then I ended up switching my Tinder over to just girls. And I ended up matching the first girl that I matched with was actually the first girl I ever hooked up with. And um, that really, of course, solidified. I was like, oh, damn, I'm bisexual. That's what I was thinking. So I came out as bisexual as most people do. And then after her, I have not slept with another man. Like, or I guess after my sneaky link that I stopped sleeping with in probably like June of 2020, because I had met another girl after the first girl and I have not been with a man since then. And I have tried one more time um to date men to like see i'm like okay am i bisexual because i know for sure i like women but i don't know if i like men like i was bi curious about men and i met this guy out downtown one day um this past year in 2021 and we hung out like a couple times but like i physically was ill thinking about having to sleep with him and that's how i figured out that i was a lesbian because i tried to i was like okay i keep telling people i'm bisexual no no bitch you're a lesbian you are a raging lesbian and 
like I can acknowledge that a man is attractive like by societal standards and that like a right. guy is like kind or something but the idea of sleeping with a man makes me want to throw up yeah that's basically what was happening I was like okay he's attractive but like I'm not attracted to him if that makes any like, yeah really attracted to to him and yeah, yeah. I remember I came out as bi and then before I had even like talked to a girl, slept with a girl, anything. And then, and I was like still sleeping with men, but I was sleeping with a man in a gay way because one has, he had two moms. So I feel like he's just inherently gay. He's queer coded. Um, That's the queer coded. And he honestly helped me come out because I would talk to him about liking women and he would like tell me shit about his moms. And he was very supportive, like shout out to him wherever you are. And I remember the last time we ever slept together, I was like, yeah, no, that does it for me. That, that was it. You know, I'm good. It's just women. And then once I did sleep with my first woman, that was it. I was done. A hundred percent. I was like, yep, nope. I can never touch another man again. Yeah, definitely. Sleeping with women is a whole different experience. And even though obviously if you've had sex before, um, like, you know, sleeping with women is just completely different. And I think that there is a shift that you have to go through, especially if you were a, oh, and this is just a side note. Every single time I had sex with a man, I was drunk. Yes, I had to be under the influence in some way. Yeah, like I could not sleep with a man sober. Like it was physically impossible. But when I would have sex with men, I tried to fulfill the fantasy of like the dirtiest, nastiest, like whore. And I say whore in like a loving way, like not in a self-deprecating way. But I think after you do that fantasy for so long of just being like degrading yourself in the eyes of a man or under the male gaze, and then you go to sleep with women, it's a mental shift that you have to do because women are not going, you're not going, you're like, you're now under the female gaze. So when you're having sex with a woman, you're not being looked at as an object. So you have to learn to like switch your mind to I'm not being objectified anymore. And this is two people just coming together and having sex. And that was definitely I think that goes into that quote that you said the other day about how a man will never or a woman will never want you the same way a man does or desired by a woman the same way yes and I think you will never feel desired in the same way because men desire you as an object and women desire you as a person Exactly. And I, and, and I why, why in my most self-hatred, like the, the fantasy thing, a hundred percent. And I think that goes into the game because when I did sleep with men, it was like, how well can I do this? Um, right. It was like an achievement to be yes. the nastiest, like, and the, mo- the thing that you said earlier about how you were like moaning really loud, like, yes. Like, yes. And why was I letting a man put his hands on me? at any point ever literally asking asking a man to slap me what why was I wrong I hated myself so much (laughs) I was in so much pain that's what I'm saying like I was letting my sneaky link was probably like six to probably 220 pounds this man was throwing me around like a rag doll and I was like oh my god this is hot like this is good this is good sex Cause I think actually my sneaky link was the first man who in my ideal 
like image of what a man should be at that time was like mm-hmm. aggressive, dominant, assertive. He was the first and only man I've ever slept with that I feel like really like fit into the fantasy that women, you know, sometimes think that they have to fulfill. Yeah. So that's See, why I, I thought, slept like, with oh, one that was man. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, I slept with one man that he hit all of the like societal boxes of like what the ideal man is one he was asian we did not go over our ethnicities but i am korean and white um and so my mom you know only wants me to date white or asian people and so i was like okay an asian man like this hits the dinger with my mom and then he was also going to yale and then he was also going to yale med school so you know that is just like ding 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 like everyone's dream um and then you know we had this like long different distance like flirt relationship you know like nothing serious um but then he did come visit me on one of his layovers and I was so excited and I I remember this happening most boring time of my life I was like uh it's like so disappointed because I had built up what I thought he should be. And then he was not that I, right. he is a king of a person and he will treat some straight woman very nicely one day. Um, that person is just not me. <laughs> right. Um, I also did not mention the fact that uh, my ethnicity, which is black and white, I think we bring a very unique perspective to a lot of things. So we're both mixed, you know, with white. Yes. Unfortunately, and we will have like conversations because obviously with having um, parents of not white ethnicity, um, we have like different like cultural upbringings and things like that. Um, Talking about that, I just saw everything everywhere all at once. And the way I was bawling in that movie theater, because it has a lot of themes around Asian mothers and daughters in that relationship. And I was like, where did they get my mom? Did they just, how did my mom get cast in this movie? Yeah, let's explain that. Makana um, definitely has some mommy issues. And, oh, I didn't even talk about, so everyone in my life that's important to me knows that I'm um, gay. And my, both of my parents were actually very supportive and still are, which I'm super blessed to have two parents that don't, you know, like they just want me to be happy, essentially. Like my mom has said kind of like rude comments kind of here and there, but otherwise, like I could have had it a lot worse. So like I could bring a girl home to my mom and my dad, they're divorced, but you know what I mean? And like my siblings know and everyone, like people at my work know, my friends know, and everyone's been okay with it. I have not lost a single relationship. Like I'm so blessed to have not lost any relationships with anybody because I came out kind of same in my boat. Everyone is mostly supportive. Like all the family members that I care about were always supportive and that's all that matters. I do have complicated relationships with a lot of family members just due to different beliefs and ideologies. Um, but we kind of just don't speak. So it doesn't affect me. Um, talking about mommy issues, she acts like <laughs> she's okay with me being gay. Oh, bless you, Molly. But she talks shit to my brothers. And of course, they're going to tell me. So we're still working on a steady stream. But yeah, those are things that, you know, we can break down all the mommy issues, all the trauma, 
all the political ideologies in later episodes. Um, I think that next week where we might, we haven't like planned what we're going to talk about, but our next episode will probably be about how childhood is inherently trauma or traumatic, no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. No one's parents being are perfect and you're going to get child is traumatic. So maybe we'll talk about that and like mental health and stuff like that next week. But in this episode, we kind of just wanted to give like an introduction into who we are. And I know it was like a little chaotic, but we both have rat brains, as they say on Benchtopia, our yes. favorite podcast. Please shout out Eliza and Julia. Yes. Um, they're amazing. Love them. But so. yes, also my little ADHD brain cannot stay on topic for two seconds so if that bothers you uh you do not have to listen anymore but if you like it come back next week and we will have a new episode for you and i think it it would definitely be more structured than this one so we we will try harder yeah to be more structured but today was just kind of a what's that saying like uh a shoot in the dark what is that saying that will the shot in the dark just, I don't think that's the one I was looking for, but um, <laughs> uh, I actually don't oh, know. Um, I don't have ADHD, but I think I'm just, like I said, I just have a rat brain that can't focus on anything. I mean, be okay. I'm not going to go into how the pandemic has shaped everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we will do a pandemic episode as well, but we, we will have an episode on everything. Yeah. Um, but yes. But thank you guys for listening. Come back next week and we'll chat some more. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Okay. And if you guys would like to follow me and Makana on our socials, Makana's Instagram is Mac McClellan. It's spelled M-A-K-M-C-C-L-E-L-L-A-N underscore. And mine is Armani underscore Maze One. Thanks.